In a world with massive commercialization of religion, mass-marketed spirituality, modern relativism, a distaste for absolutes and a plethora of other philosophies, millions pause to celebrate Christmas, which literally is the birth of Jesus Christ. That took place about 2000 years ago. But why Jesus? Why is Jesus so relevant or even important? Why is his mark on human history so indelible? Why should you give Jesus a fair hearing and serious consideration? Here are four reasons. I'm not going to be too long this morning as I just uh, bring a simple word for us here on uh, this question. Why Jesus? Why Jesus? You know, in the world that we live in, there is, especially when it comes to the matters of faith, and when we look at all the social, the cultural, the political, uh, and the spiritual dynamics around this whole matter of faith, we see a lot of things happening. And it's good for us to be aware of things that are happening in our worlds. In the world around us, it almost seems like we live in a spiritual supermarket. And you go and you pick what you want. There are so many options available, so many philosophies, so many ideas, so many religious leaders, so many people who would want to talk to you about spirituality. And a lot of that is today packaged in some form of wellness and health so that spirituality and wellness and health is, is, is marketed. There is a mass marketing of ideas and philosophies in our worlds. And you've got lots of options to choose from. And if you want, you can make up your own religion. There's lots of things around us. That's going on in the world today. And uh, we also, of course, have, just like the times of the Renaissance in Europe, we also have the skeptics and the atheists and the agnostics and uh, those who are opposed to and sometimes even completely antagonistic to the message of Jesus Christ in our world, and who are making every effort to suppress the message of the gospel and the word of God. And yet, in such a spiritual environment, in such a spiritual climate, the whole world pauses on this particular day, on the 25th of December, to celebrate Christmas, which really is an event that took place 2,000 years ago. We don't know when the day they actually happened, but we've set aside the 25th of December to remember that 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ was born. And the whole world, in such a spiritual climate, pauses to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. But why Jesus? Why Should you and I consider someone who lived and died 2,000 years ago in a modern world where so many other options are available for us? Why should you and I even, you know, give Jesus a fair hearing or even a serious consideration today? Over the years, undoubtedly, many people have attempted to wipe Christianity out from the surface, from the face of the earth. As early as 303 AD, the Roman emperor, Diolitin, he 
sought to wipe out every trace of Christianity from the earth. He ordered churches to be burned, Christians to be killed, every piece of scripture to be confiscated and burned. He built a monument with this, with this inscription saying, Christian, the name Christian is extinguished. But just a couple of decades later, arose another emperor, Constantine, who just reversed everything. And he commissioned 50 official copies of the Bible to be written, prepared at the expense of the government. Voltaire, a French philosopher who lived in the 1700s, he, he boasted, he said, within a hundred years, Christianity will disappear from the face of the earth. Today, very few people remember Voltaire and his philosophies, but the world continues to read the Bible. The, number, the Bible continues to be the number one best-selling book of all time. Most read, most published, most translated, most distributed book in every means. If you're not reading the Bible, you're missing the world's number one bestseller. And the Bible continues to transform lives all across the world. In all cultures, all races, all ethnicities, regardless of what your background is. For every person, every man, woman, boy or child would, would take the words of the Bible seriously, they find their lives transformed. Philosophers, intellectuals, others have come and gone and their works are soon forgotten. But somehow, the Bible continues to shape history, affect culture and transform lives. So the question is, why Jesus? Why do we need to give him such serious consideration 2,000 years after he lived and died? And of course, we can attempt to answer this question from a philosophical point of view, or from an intellectual point of view, or from an argumentative point of view. By my thesis this morning, I'm just going to respond to this question from a layman's perspective. I'm an ordinary man. We're ordinary people going through life. We've got busy things. We've got our jobs, our families, and all of that to take care of. And in the midst of all this, why Jesus? I want to just answer them very, very simple with four reasons why you and I should really focus on Jesus and let Jesus be central to our life here on earth. Number one is because Jesus is real. Jesus is real in that his birth, death, burial, resurrection are indisputable facts of history. At least 19 historians of his day and time record in their historical works his life, death, burial. A few examples. Thales was an, a historian. He records Christ's death and crucifixion. Cornelius Tacitus, who is a great historian of ancient Rome, he confirms that Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate. Josephus, who was the court historian of the Roman Emperor, in his writing called The Antiquities of the Jews in 1897, actually records that, that Jesus was a person. He lived in that time. He was tried by Pilate, was crucified, and he also records the resurrection of Jesus, that he was seen alive three days later. Now remember, this is a secular historian with no, no bias towards the Christian faith at all. 
And like these, you've got several others of that day time who record the historicity of Jesus. And so, Cambridge professor Michael Grant says that in recent years, no serious scholar has ever ventured to postulate the non-history of Jesus. He's a real person. His historicity can never be questioned. Why is that important? Because what, when we preach Jesus, we're not talking about a myth. We're not talking about a legend. We're not talking about some tale. We're not talking about some nice story that was concocted several thousand years ago. We're talking about a real person who lived, died, and who rose up from the dead. His historicity cannot be questioned. The second aspect of Jesus being real, which is important to you and me, is that He's real in that He speaks the truth in love. Now that's really important. Because many of our spiritual people of our day, they know that in order to market their spirituality, in order to market their form of religion, they don't need to speak the truth, but they just need to speak what people want to hear. So if you can be successful in doing that, in appealing to the masses, in appealing to their interests, in, 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 in so-called tickling their ears, then you're going to be a successful spiritual leader. But not so with Jesus Christ. He did not preach what would appeal to the masses. He preached the truth, whether the masses liked it or not. That means he's real. He's not fake. He's not a deceiver. He's not a pretender. He's not somebody who's here to win masses. He's not here to appeal to the crowds. But he's here to speak the truth in love. Because you and I need to know the truth. Think of some of the things that Jesus said. And this is only a sampling. He said in Matthew 7, he said, Enter the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who will go in that way. In other words, popular opinion does not mean it's right. He said, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who are going to find it. Think of what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44 to 45. He said, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. Because He makes His Son to rise on the evil and good. And send rain on the just and on the unjust. So He talked about loving. Not loving just those who are good to you. But love those who are even against you. That's not easy. To the rich He said in Luke 12.15. He said, you know, take heed, beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Now, that's not the way you would speak to rich people if you want them to follow you. But he spoke the truth. So Jesus is real. He told us it will not be easy to follow him, to take up the cross. He told us we will be hated by all men for his name's sake if you follow him. He told us when people are against us, we have only one option, which is to love them back. Even if they hate us and persecute us. For himself he made some astounding statements. He said I am the light of the world. He said I am the bread of life. He said before Abraham was I am. He said I am the way, the truth, the life. 
And I am the only way to the Father. These were astounding claims. Which could have easily turned millions away. But he spoke the truth. It's real. And his life and his teachings continue to impact and transform millions around the world. Jesus is real. The second reason you and I must consider Jesus is because Jesus is personal. Jesus is personal in that he came to deal with each of our personal issues of sin, of relationship with God, of eternal salvation, of meaning and purpose in life. Tell me how many people talk about sin. How many people talk about a relationship with Almighty God? How many people talk about uh, an eternal judgment? How many people talk about uh, an eternal hell that we must shun because our sins are taking us there? But Jesus came. He said, that's the core of the matter. Your relationship with God. And I've come to deal with that. I'm not come here to just to show you how to live a better life, to be a better you, uh, for you to be successful, for you to, you know, be a great achiever. I'm not here come to do it. I'm coming to deal with the real issues that matter. Your personal need of a relationship with God. Jesus is personal. Everyone sitting here, we understand, and if we will be honest to ourselves, we recognize That we struggle with things in our lives that are not right in the eyes of God. And that one day, we will have to stand face to face with this God. And we will have to give an account of these things. That our own righteousness, that our own good works, that our own accomplishments, that no matter all the good we do will not be sufficient To justify us in the court of heaven. When we stand before a holy and pure God. And yet we all know that we need. Him in our lives. He is the one who brings meaning. He is the one who brings purpose. And so Jesus came to address that core matter. Of us having a personal relationship with God. And that's why he died on the cross. He took upon himself the punishment for our sins. To rescue us. From sin and the consequences of sin. The Bible, look, look at several of these scriptures the Bible gives to us. It says in Isaiah 53, 6, All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took upon him the sin. We were the wandering ones. But he bore our sin. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. He is the payment for our sins. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Jesus came for each and every person to deal with that personal issue of sin and a right relationship with God. 1 Peter 3, verse 18 says, Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. Why did he come? Because he came to bring you to God. He came to bring me to God. But he had to deal with the issue of sin. 
to take it out of the way. And he did that by dying on the cross. Hebrews 2 verse 9 says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for every person. He died for every person. He went through what he went through for you. So Jesus is personal. He knows our personal needs. He works in each of our lives personally at our points of needs. Jesus is not some impersonal, cold religion, some lifeless set of rituals that you follow, or some customs or traditions that we are required to keep, or some dogma or creed or rules. That we are called to adhere to. Now he's a personal God. He brings us into a personal relationship with God. He deals with our personal struggles. He's not a distant one. Number three. Why should we consider Jesus seriously? It's because he is supernatural. Meaning he invades our lives with his power. And He transforms us. He sets us free from things that enslave us, things that control us, things that trouble us, things that hold us in bondage. He brings healing to our brokenness. There are literally hundreds who are sitting here who I know can stand up and testify. Like the blind man, they can say, once I was blind, but now I can see. Once I was lost... But now I am found. Once I was a slave to this, that, or the other. But Jesus stepped into my life and by His power, He transformed me. There are thousands around the world who can stand up and testify saying, I was like this. Nothing could change me. Nothing could set me free. But when Jesus stepped into my life, He transformed me. And that's the reality of His power. Like I said earlier, He does not come to make a good person better, but He comes to totally transform us from the inside out to make us what the Bible calls new creatures. Not just to give us a new way of thinking and a new way of living, but He makes us new beings. And only His power can do. He imparts to us the life and the nature of God. He empowers us to overcome sin. He empowers us to rule and reign. He empowers us with His name and His authority. So Jesus is supernatural. In contrast to a do-it-yourself religion. Here, try this out. Give you some self-help improvement program. So Jesus is not a do-it-yourself religion. He empowers you. He comes into your life and mine. And He transforms us. Lastly, why should you and I give Jesus serious consideration in layman terms of speaking normally? The fourth reason I present to you and me is because Jesus is eternal. 
We're not talking about an ordinary man. We're not talking about a great teacher, a great prophet, a founder of a religion, a great philosopher. We're talking about God who became man. If I believe the Bible in its entirety, the Bible doesn't present Jesus as this religious leader. The Bible says that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. If I believe in the real Jesus of the Bible, then I should believe that the eternal God became man. And therefore Jesus is eternal. He's more than just a man. He's more than a great leader. He's more than a philosopher. He's more than a teacher. He is God who became man. He was one who always was, who always is, and who always will be. He's eternal. Today he's seated on the highest throne. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 9 through 11. That after his death, burial, resurrection, God highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he alone is Lord. One day, a day will come when every knee will bow. The knee of every president, every prime minister, every philosopher, every teacher, every great man, every person will bow at the name of Jesus. That name carries authority. And we see it displayed right before our very eyes. When we see people with demons tremble, people with demons set free. When sicknesses and diseases are healed in that name, we know that name is not the name of just an ordinary man. It has to be the name of the one who was seated, like the Bible says, on a throne, and that his name is above every other name. And this same Jesus who is eternal is coming back. Acts chapter 1 verse 1. As Jesus ascended into heaven, the angels announced to those 500 people who saw him there. The angels said, men of Galilee, why are you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who is taken up from you will so come in like manner as you have seen him go. The same Jesus is coming back again. When you look into the Bible, and the, and the Bible foretells all these events. One of the key things that we have to look for is a dividing up of the nation of Israel. And just two days ago, the United Nations passed a resolution calling on Israel to refrain from making any further settlements, building any further settlements. In Palestinian occupied territory. The Bible has a lot to say about that. As you look at the world, as, at world events. You can see the whole build up towards everything the Bible has already foretold. Some of this more than 2,000 years ago. 
Joel clearly wrote in Joel chapter 3 verse 2. He said that the Lord has an issue with the nations. As they gather up to, against Israel. They have come to divide up the land. And that's the time the Lord himself will intervene. On behalf of his people. So you can see all of the world events is rising. Just, just moving towards exactly the very things that the Bible has already foretold. We're drawing closer and closer to the day of his return. This same Jesus, whom you've seen go up into heaven, will come in so like manner the way you've seen him go. Why should you and I take Jesus seriously? First, because he's real. Second, he's personal. Third, he's supernatural. And fourth, he's eternal. What is, this, what is Jesus' invitation? As Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, he commanded his disciples. He said, I want you to go to all the nations. Preach that forgiveness of sins is available in my name. Teach them everything I've taught you. And call them to be my disciples. And that's what you and I are called to do today. To proclaim to the nations that forgiveness of sins is available in the name of Jesus. And that every person through faith, through personal faith in Jesus can be brought into this right relationship with God. That you and I are here to announce to the world that every person can have his or her life transformed by the supernatural power of Jesus through simple faith in Him. But He invites us Not to embrace a religion. That's not what he's here for. He didn't tell us to go and expand religion. In fact, he never talked about that. But he's inviting you and me to be disciples. To be people who will come into a real personal relationship, supernatural relationship with him. That will change our lives here and now and prepare us for an eternity with him. That's his invitation. That's why he came. Not for you and me to embrace a religion, but to embrace relationship with him. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey my word. And if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. That's what he's come to do for you and me. His invitation is for you and me to be His followers. To follow Him. To walk out of a relationship with Him here and now. And to live a life that we will spend serving His purposes in eternity as well. So as I close this morning, I want to ask you. In a world where so much is happening. But people want us to call right and wrong as right. They don't want to see black and white. They want to see gray. And they want to tell us to call gray as black or gray as white. And there is such a strong delusion upon the masses of people. But truth, like the Bible says, truth has fallen in the streets. 
where people do not want to accept truth. Would you today consider Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. Would you consider Jesus? Would you give him a fair hearing? Would you give him a serious consideration this morning? Because he is real. He's personal. He's supernatural. He does for you what you can't do. You and I can't do for ourselves. And he's eternal. He's God. And no one can take that away. His invitation is extended to each one of us this morning. He says, come be my followers. Come into a relationship with me. Choose to live by this word. Choose to be my disciple. And he will make you a child of God. Your sins will be forgiven. He will make you a new person. And he will teach you. And me, how we should live our lives here on earth. Could we please close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment in prayer, please. And if you have never given Jesus serious consideration in your life, if you've never spoken to him and said, Lord, I know there are many, many options all around me. I know there are many voices crying. I know there are many people talking. I know there are many bits and pieces of information thrown out at me. But this morning, sitting here, I want to choose you. Because somehow deep inside me, I know you are the truth. If there is even one person amongst us this morning who's, who feels like that, deep inside you say, I want to know Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to make my decision this morning that he is the one I'm going to pursue. He's the one I'm going to enter into a relationship with. I'm going to believe in what he did for me on the cross and Ask Him to forgive my sin. Ask Him to change my life. I want to experience this Jesus who is supernatural, who can actually transform lives. Or maybe you've, you're, you're somebody who, who's heard this before, but you didn't give it too much serious thought. You didn't give it much serious thought. Maybe you knew about it, but you didn't pay attention to it. And you're not sure this morning that you are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus. But deep in your heart, you want that. So either if you're, either if you're somebody who's totally new or if you're somebody who's not new, but you still long for that relationship with Jesus. I want to lead each person 
who longs to enter into a relationship with Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning. The prayer is only for you to help you express the longing of your heart. What you feel deep inside you. That yes, you want to follow Jesus. You want Him to be your Savior and you want Him to be your Lord. So in the quietness of this moment, in the silence of your own heart, and by a choice of your own will, if you want to do this, you could pray this prayer with me. Right where you are. Would you just pray and say this with me? Lord Jesus, I believe you came into this world. You died for my sins. You rose up again in order to bring me to God. Forgive my sins. Make me a new person. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you for the rest of my life. I believe you're real. I want to know you personally. I want to experience your supernatural power. And I want to know you as my eternal God. Thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed this prayer with me for the first time, we want to give you a gift. There are greeters waiting right on the side here with those red bags. Those red bags contain some material to help you in this journey of faith, of just knowing Jesus more. There are other things in it that also contains. It also contains a New Testament in case you don't have one. So if you prayed this prayer for the very first time, or if you made that prayer as a rededication of your life, and you want to take the next step of growing in the Lord, if you don't mind, just raise your hand so that we can get this bag to you. So if there are people here, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time, or you prayed that prayer as a rededication, just raise your hand, please. And if you don't mind, just we'll get these bags out to you. Anybody here, you prayed this prayer with me this morning, just raise your hands. Can't see that. Okay, see those hands there? Okay, I see a hand right back there. Just go ahead. God bless you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. One up right up here. God bless you. Just keep your hand until our greeters come and give you this back to you. At least two hands. Anybody else, please? Just put your hand up there. Anybody else? I see one up right there. Uh, right up there. Just put your hand a little up so that people can see you. God bless you. There's three there. Okay, anybody else? Just put your hand up. Make sure you get this red bag. I want to give this over to you. Okay. Anybody else who didn't get this bag yet? Just put up the hand. Okay. All right. So 
Let's give God a good hand. Just, we just celebrate Jesus. We celebrate your decision, your choice this morning to, to consider Jesus, to really take Him seriously for who He is. What I want to do right now is I want, to just, I want us to rise up as we get ready to close. I want to pray a prayer over all of us here this morning. I understand and realize that there will be many of us who have come with various needs. Maybe there are some of us who have need for healing in our bodies. On a day like this, there could be people who are going through challenges in their lives. And I want us to know that the Lord is mindful of all of that. The challenges of personal struggles that we face. And so I just want to pray a prayer of blessing. And as I pray over you, and I want others to just join with me here and say, we just say, God, touch every heart, touch every life, meet every need in this place. Release your power, God, whether it's to touch our bodies, our minds, our situations in our lives. Just let's pray together today. Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are real, you're personal, you're supernatural, and you are eternal, God. And we celebrate you on this day. We glorify you on this day. And Lord, we even thank you for every person who responded this morning and in their hearts said, yes, I'm going to consider Jesus seriously. I want to be his disciple. I want to learn to follow him. We pray your blessing on them, Father, that they will grow in this faith and they will grow in their walk with you. That truly, Lord Jesus, you will show yourself personal and supernatural and powerful in their lives. And Father, right now, I just pray, we pray right now, Lord, for every person who's in our midst here. God, people who may be going through various challenges, God. Whether it's disease in their bodies, whether it's troubles of their mind, whether it's circumstances and situations that they find insurmountable right now, even as they call out to you. As they call upon the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will release your power into their lives. Release healing to their bodies. Change their lives. Break bondages, Lord God. Remove the burdens and the anxieties and the oppressions of the mind. Lord, we pray that your power be released into their circumstances and situations. That they will see you at work in their lives. Whatever their need might be. Father, we ask that as they call upon you right now, in the name of Jesus, let those needs be met. And we give you thanks, O oh God. Give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Merry Christmas to all of you. God bless you. Uh, we'll call our worship team up again. Just maybe they can sing us a happy song. And send us out. All right. God bless you. Let's just receive the benediction. And then the worship team will lead us in a, in a, in a closing song and as we get ready to dismiss. Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. And lift up his countenance upon you. And give you 
His overflowing peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Wishing you uh, a very, very blessed, joyful Christmas with you and your family. And uh, it's a joy for all of us here at the church to be serving you this year. We look forward to seeing you at our New Year's Eve service, December 31st. God bless you. Have a great Christmas day. Also visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.